Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. And thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Talking Each Other Home. This is a place where we can come and talk openly and honestly about all things spirit stuff. It's my intention and mission with this podcast to interview people about their spiritual journeys, about their lessons, their wisdom, their stories, their practices, so that it may empower and enlighten your journey and my journey as we walk and talk each other home. And so I am your host, Danny. Welcome back. And this is a solo cast today. And I'm really excited to be recording this because we are going to get real open and honest about cannabis today. And you're going to find out a little bit about my history with it and what I learned in my most recent breathwork cannabis journey. And it was guided by a beautiful human, Nikki Dorn, who I just recorded a podcast with, and that's going to be dropping right after I release this one. And I just have nothing but respect for this beautiful human. Um, her music choices were amazing. She's an RN and she went through this, uh, the psychedelic sitter training at a place in Boulder called medicinal mindfulness. And so I heard beautiful things about her guided cannabis breathwork journeys. And I thought this may be a really cool opportunity for me to build a new relationship with cannabis. I've done breathwork many times, um, but never with any sort of substance. I actually usually do it fasted. And so I thought this would be a really cool opportunity. And before I get into the story about my breathwork journey with cannabis, I want to tell you a little bit about my history with this plant. <laughs> actually, the sweatshirt I'm wearing right now, this is the molecule, the THC molecule. I got this at a dispensary, um, I think on my honeymoon, actually. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I have been recreationally habitually, maybe even dependently smoking cannabis for like on and off for 12 years. Um, and at first it was like, wasn't a big issue. It was just something I was doing with my girlfriend. You know, we were in college and just sort of getting into it. It was never really a big thing. And then I'm not really sure where along the line it became an everyday habit, but it did. And really all through my bodybuilding journey, I was smoking weed. Um, and I don't even say that with pride, like, I don't say that with pride or anything. I say that with just honesty and truth. And really I was eating and training all day. And so it was a really beautiful medicine to help me get into my body and enjoy the food I was eating. And to be quite honest with you, I was able, I don't even know if I want to say this. I was able to get my master's degree and achieve second in the world while partaking in smoking frequently every day, almost. Um, and sometimes I look back at those times and I think, could I, would I have been better at what I was doing if I wasn't smoking all the time? Probably, maybe. I don't like living with regrets, but that's a thought that crosses my mind sometimes. And I used to think, you know, I'm like a functional I don't even like the word stoner, but that's just what I'm going to say. Functionally doing the things I was doing and doing them very well while smoking. And it was great. And I remember some of the workouts I had when I would, you know, be smoking were so um, 
like so physically stimulating. I was so in my body and I was so connected to every single little muscle fiber. And maybe it, that made me, you know, really good at bodybuilding because I always think of bodybuilding as not how much weight you can lift, but the type of contraction that you can get. And so, you know, I, I really think that cannabis helped me with the type of muscular contraction I was after. And when I would be doing cardio, closing my eyes on the stepper, had my music in and I was just going and going. And it brought me to this sort of like transcendental meditative state that was just amazing. And what I feel like was my secret sauce. So, you know, I'm just being honest about my use of it. Would I change anything? I don't know. No, because it brought me to where I am today. So no, I wouldn't change a thing. But when it started to become an issue was when I was like, okay, I think we should stop smoking and get our act together and start to be really present with life. And I noticed that it was a problem when I could not stop smoking. I would tell myself, okay, we're not going to smoke today. And then I would go past my little weed drawer and I would hear it calling me and I couldn't tell it no for a very long time. Um, I, I quit bodybuilding in 2017 and continued to smoke when we were selling health insurance. In fact, during the day I would smoke because I hated what I was doing so much that I just had to escape in any way possible. And then when it really, really started to bother me that I couldn't stop smoking was when I was in yoga teacher training. And I started to really learn about what it, what it meant to be present present in my body, sharp in my mind, just present. And when I started to notice and really become aware of is that when I smoked, I was not present almost instantly. And I would smoke out of habit and out of like dependency or whatever you want to call it. And as soon as I would smoke, I was like, man, I wish I wasn't high. And that happened over and over and over again. And eventually I went into a streak where I wasn't smoking because being present to me meant more to me than actually being high. And I started to really get curious about what am I avoiding? You know, like what in life am I running from that I don't want to be present with it? And at the time, you know, to be totally honest, um, I was having issues in my marriage I was in a really depressed state, moving from Florida to Colorado, trying to figure out what life was without bodybuilding. And if me and my husband and the whole, we're going to be okay. And like, what am I doing next? And so there was actually a lot of life that I was escaping from and averting my attention from. And so my use with cannabis went from a recreational thing sort of snowballed into an everyday thing. Then it was like a helpful thing. And then it was an escape thing. And then it was like, all right, now I'm really noticing, I'm really observing the way that I'm using this. And we need to fix this because addiction runs in my family. I feel it in myself every single day with everything I get into. I've had little phases with different other, you know, recreational drugs. And um, weed is one of those things that you can still be functional with and still have your dependency too. And so yoga teacher training was the first, that was the longest streak that I had without smoking. And because I had so much respect for the lineage of yoga and the spiritual connection of yoga that I would never show up to practice yoga high. I would never show up to 
go to my classes and like not only teach, but be taught um, in yoga teacher training. Hi. I just felt like it was super disrespectful to my teachers, to the lineage, to myself, to what I was trying to embody. And so that was when I really felt the turn with marijuana start to happen. And I was like, okay, this just isn't fitting and not, and it's not the plant. It was my own personal use of it. So I want to just stop right here and say, I'm not here to demonize the plant because I'm about to tell you a very beautiful story about this plant. But what I am here to bring awareness to is the attempt, the addiction and the dependency and the habit that we can all fall into because it's kind of one of those sneaky plants that you can still function every single day and do everything you need to do while smoking or while smoking at night. And I think the problem becomes when you tell yourself, I don't want to smoke tonight and you can't follow through on that promise. That is where my issue came up. And I thought, okay, we, we have to really look at this. So yoga teacher training was the first thing that really brought me into what it means to be present and how cannabis took me out of presence. And so that was in 2019 and we're now in 2023. So it's kind of been an off and on use to be totally honest with you since then. And I've just been observing and just watching myself and I don't want to demonize the plant. And I feel like I'm in much better control with it than I ever have been now at this moment. Um, and like I said, she's a, she's a sneaky, she's a sneaky plant. And so you have to really watch yourself with it. And um, so through the different spiritual communities I've been in touch with, there has been, you know, use of plant medicine. And now I group cannabis into that you know, grouping of plant medicine with ayahuasca, with mushrooms, with peyote and ibogaine and all these different things. Marijuana, I do believe is on the spectrum, but like I said, it's, it's the intention and it's how we use it. Even tobacco, right? Tobacco's on the spectrum with that too, the plant medicine spectrum. And so how could marijuana not be? And so I heard about this thing, cannabis led breathwork ceremony. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do this because I personally want to build a new relationship with this plant. If I believe this is a sacred teacher, a sacred teacher plant medicine that has been around for centuries, thousands of years, then like I need to learn her and meet marijuana or meet cannabis in this way, because I really believe there's something here that's been hiding right under our nose. And it's just our intention with it that get that muddies up the beautiful thing that this plant has to offer the beautiful healing and medicinal stuff that this plant has to offer. And so I started to look up things on Gaia and I I'm going to encourage everybody out there, look on Gaia, look on YouTube for different things about cannabis, um, spirit science, the little cartoon on YouTube has an awesome cartoon about it. And it's about like, it's the tree of life. Um, and I never thought about it in that way before, but like I said, it's been around for centuries. It's been found all over the planet and, you know, it's used for paper, for clothes, for medicine, for like things, lots and lots and lots of things. And so they were calling marijuana, the tree of life. And I thought, man, that's a really cool way to think about this plant because it is used for so many different things and it does grow really easily. And, and the cool, like if you think about the way that it flowers, you know, the buds that come off of it are so different. They're so different than the normal flowers that we see. So just 
taking the fact that you can get high off this plant out of the question, let's just not even talk about that for a second, but look at all the other uses for it. I mean, it's a pretty beautiful, versatile, amazing plant. And um, so the tree of life, I just thought that was a really cool thing. Like what is this plant? Yeah. So check, check this stuff out on Gaia. It's like a conscious network. Do a little research on YouTube. Spirit science was a great documentary and look at all the different ways that this plant can be used for healing. And I'm just, my intention with recording this podcast, I probably should have said this first is to tell you about my story. Yeah. So we're done with that. And then also to show you the different ways that this plan can be used. And maybe it'll start to unravel the way that you have been maybe stuck in a relationship with this plant as well. And maybe it'll help you start to see it in a, in a new way and give you a new avenue to meet this beautiful plant teacher. And so let's get into the journey. I have my, my notes right here. Cause I actually, the journey was about a month ago. So I just want to make sure that I tell this correctly. So for me, anytime I do any kind of plant medicine, I write a little note to the plant. Usually it's mushrooms, but today it was marijuana. And maybe I'll read, I'm, I'm going to read it to you, whatever. We're just being open and honest here today. Right. So we're just, let's just go ahead. All right. <laughs> Dear mama marijuana. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to experience your medicine. This is Danny, a loyal student to the plant teachers and the universe. My intention for this ceremony is to experience the sacred teacher hidden within you, to actually experience your power in medicine. My intention is to be curious about where you will take me and teach me. Who are you really and who am I really and what is our relationship really about? There is something special and I am here to finally meet you as you are supposed to be. Not as a habit or a dependency, but a teacher and a medicine. Protect me, guide me, show me, love me, teach me your ancient tree of life ways. I'm so excited to meet you. Love always and always, your student, Danny. So that's what I wrote to the plant. And then we went into this beautiful ceremony with Nikki, who I just released a podcast with. So go check it out and feel her energy and join us for one of these ceremonies. If you're interested, I'll, I have her links in the show notes in this podcast and in hers as well, because I really believe in her power and this power. And anyway, so then we start the ceremony and we, she leads us into this beautiful, you know, imbibing ceremony and this meditation, and she does it so wonderfully. And then we start with the breath work. And if you have never done breath work before, I highly recommend that it. it's sort of this holotropic, um, you know, breath work and you're inhaling deeply, exhaling deeply. And it's sort of this really cyclic breathing and it's deep and it's breath work. So it's work. It's not just like heavy breathing. I mean, you really have to push yourself to the, to the limits and explore what's beyond that comfort zone. And I say, if anybody's out there going to do it, you experience sensations in your body, tetany in your fingers, my hands curl up like little lobster claws and my mouth turns into a little, Oh, so I'm all up in the breathwork feels, but really go for it and really push yourself and see what's just beyond that comfort zone. And so we were doing this and she had awesome music and I highly recommend headphones, good headphones, not just earbuds, but like full ear noise canceling, good bassy headphones because the music that she played was very similar to actually what I play in yoga. And I could, I could hear 
and appreciate all of the different little like nuances of the music and the bass and the tings and that like all. So I was also on this just beautiful musical journey. And this actually happens to me when I do mushrooms, I wear headphones because of that. And actually when I sat in ceremony with ayahuasca, the music to me was everything. And now that I'm getting into being a sound practitioner, I'm learning about how important music really is to me. And yeah. So anyway, headphones, deep breathing, let's go. So we start breathing and I work with my chakras daily. So the energy work that I do on myself in my own meditations is I go in and I spin all my chakras. And if anything is like feeling gunky or like sticky, I'll kind of clean it out with my hands. And there's this whole visualization thing I do. It takes me like 15 minutes and, um, you know, so I have a pretty good relationship with my chakra system already. And so when we did this, we went into, I went into each chakra. So we're breathing, right? Like that, doing our breath. And then I come down into the root and while I'm breathing, I'm literally pumping and clearing out all of my chakras. So like I'm starting at the root, giving that some love, giving that some energy for probably, I don't know, a minute, each one. And then each chakra, by the way, had this beautiful sparkling jewel in the center of it. So it was this like red, you know, all the different colors that they are. So for the root, it was this beautiful red sparkling shimmering sort of diamond jewel. And around it were these rings, these layers. And they all had this like inscription, like a Sanskrit or, or Arabic um, or Egyptian, like these hieroglyphs all around the rings of it. And each chakra looked like that. So, but then I went up to the sacral and it was orange gem with the inscriptions, all the beautiful stuff. And so I did that to each one. The solar plexus, I actually took my time with. It needed, for some reason, my identity and my ego and my everything needed a little bit more cleaning, which I'm glad for. And it was so interesting how I it didn't take much thought from my conscious mind, but it was just happening. And I was, my conscious mind was observing and I was just orchestrating the breath it's such a, you know, it's such an interesting world to try to even verbalize, but I'm going to do my best. Um, so after I went and cleaned all my chakras with my breath, I went back down and I started oming for each chakra. And I think she, I, I'm so glad I was on mute because I was like, man, I'm really just like letting this tone out. And if you've never toned on breath work before, it's almost like you're not consciously doing it. It's just coming out of you. And so each chakra had its own tone, had its own ohm. And it felt so good to be releasing that and to be toning. And I am on this journey of using my voice, of learning how to express myself and sing and chant and even speaking and learning how to really speak from a grounded place and speak my truth without judgment from you or me. And so being there and being able to like, ohm, really ohm. <laughs> was really powerful. And so then this is where it gets really interesting. My higher self, she like pops out and comes down and I see her traveling down sort of in front of my awareness and she starts at my root. So this whole journey was all about the chakra system and probably because the meditations that we did with Nikki to lead us into this were all about the chakras too. So 
my higher self comes down and I'm all in white, uh, real comfy, like robe, um, just like real comfy, holy clothes is the best way I can say it. <laughs> so I come down, I'm all in white, looking real holy. And then I walk up to my root chakra. And now the chakras change from going from a gem with the rings around it to a chakra self. And I have never, what I love about this is now I have a new relationship with myself and my chakra system. And so I come down and I'm looking at my chakra self for the root. And I have a story for each one of the chakras. So we're going to, it's going to take a little bit of time, but we're going to work our way up. And I want to tell you this because I don't, I don't know if this is just exclusive to me. I think that we all have our own chakra selves. Each chakra has its own energy, its own sort of personality, its own topics, its own everything. And you can build a relationship with each one of your chakras too. So I'm going to tell you this story um, in hopes that it, it, cues you into something, or maybe attunes you to a certain vibration or something that you can connect with too, within your own energy system. So here we go. Let me just take a drink of water. Okay. Starting at the root, higher self comes down, going to talk to my root chakra self. And in the environment, in my root chakra, it was almost like I was in like Sedona, Arizona, red desert dirt, kind of like feeling kind of dark, real underground feel. And I'm sitting on a red Lotus and I'm in a red, like Hindu outfit, almost like a sari or something like that. And just, you know, each chakra was sitting on a Lotus, same color as the chakra. And I'm, and I'm in, in the same color, uh, outfit, same color, sari, and the mudra. So I was given a mudra and a blessing for each chakra. So I'm sitting crisscross on my red lotus and my hands are down on my knees. Boom, grounded. Hands down to ground, hands up to receive. But in this mudra, it was grounded. And my energy, my chakra self energy was steady, poised, still, listening, grounded, trusting, all of these beautiful emotions. And my higher self walks up to me and is talking about, you know, all the topics of the root chakra, you have nothing to fear. You have nothing but good trust. Um, you are so secure. You are so stable. You're meant to be here on this earth. You are safe. You are secure. So she was just really like pep talking me. And before she left and went up to the other chakra, chakra, she says, she brings her hands together. And she says, your trust will ground them. Mm. And then she floats like an elevator up to the sacral chakra. And now in this one, I'm in orange. I'm sitting on an orange lotus, but it's real watery. There's like orange water below me that I'm sitting on the lotus on. And behind me, it's almost like I'm in like an aquarium. So I'm like in water, sitting on water, really interesting on a beautiful orange sparkly lotus. And this self, this chakra self, so the mudra is hands in a triangle kind of down right at my belly button. So if you imagine thumbs at your belly button, pointer fingers touching, pointing down. So the triangle's pointing down. So very, very sacral chakra E. And my chakra self energy is very flirty. She's kind of like, she's kind of got some sexual energy going on. 
um, kind of just real flirty, real flowy, feminine, creative. And my higher self is walking around me saying, um, you're so in tune with your emotions, you know, thank you for your creativity. Thank you for going with the flow of the universe. And she was just saying, you're so creative. You're so in flow. Um, ignite your femininity more. She was saying, don't be afraid to, 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 you know, to really lean into your femininity and your sensuality. Something that I am working on, but I don't do that often is lean into that part of me. Cause I think it was almost like overused in bodybuilding. It was like sexualized, I think. And now I just like really shy away from any of that. But my higher self was saying, no, lean into that. Like that is part of who you are. It's part of being a female. Like you're allowed to be feminine and powerful and sexual and creative. You can be all of it. So the blessing that my higher self gave me, hands together, and she said, your creativity will charm them. And then she, like an elevator, she rode up to my solar plexus. And now in the solar plexus, everything is very light and bright and sunny. I'm it's, um, but it's not light. It's not white light. It's sort of like a yellow sunlight. I'm filled with light. There's sunlight behind me. Everything is very bright. And the mudra is arms stretched out to the side, like right out to the side, like a big T and very confident, very open, very just like I am who I am. And I'm full of sun and radiant energy. And, you know, sitting on a sunny yellow lotus in sunny yellow clothes and just confident. And so my higher self walks up to my chakra self and she's saying, you're so motivated and I'm so proud of you for being able to work and be decisive and get stuff done. I'm so proud of you for loving who you are and working through your insecurity so that you can be all of who you came here to be. I'm so proud of you for like knowing and loving who you are and being motivated to do good in the world. So she was really speaking to my identity and my motivation. And she comes up to me and her blessing says, hands together. She says, your confidence will carry them. And then like an elevator, she rides up to my heart chakra. And now in this environment, it's like emerald green jewels just everywhere, like little ones, big ones. And I'm sitting on a green sparkling lotus on top of all the green emerald jewels. And it's like, I'm sitting on top of pirate's treasure. Like that was kind of the feeling of it. And everything was green and sparkling and the gems were just like pouring everywhere. And I was in a beautiful green sari and my hands, the mudra for this one was hands at heart center. And my head was bowed slightly like I'm grateful. I'm loving. I'm humble. I don't judge you. I don't judge myself. I love myself. I love you. And it was just this beautiful, peaceful, yet powerful mudra. One of my favorite, my favorite part of class actually is when I teach yoga is the end when we put our hands together and bow. And so my higher self comes up to my chakra self, all in green. And she says, I am so proud of the love that you embody. I'm so proud of the way that you love others 
and the little creatures on the planet. And I'm so proud of you for loving plants too and loving all the things that you love. And I'm so proud of you for being gentle with yourself and not judging yourself, even when you mess up or fall out of line and not judging other people and really being as unconditional as you can in every moment. And she was really loving on me and it felt so good to be loved by myself. And I know this kind of maybe gets a little fuzzy because it's me talking to me about me, but I think you get what I'm saying. And she was saying, I'm proud of you for giving as much as you give and for receiving as much as you receive. She said, I think you can open up to receiving a little bit more. Like you can receive the energy that you're worth. You can receive the financial abundance that you're worth. Don't block that because you give so much and it's okay to receive. And so the blessing that she gave me, she walked up hands together at her heart center, both of us there now. And she said, your love will alchemize them. And we both bowed together. And she left and worked her way up to the throat chakra. Chakra. And in this environment, it was so, it was so cool. So the color is blue, you know, for heart, uh, for throat chakra. And, you know, it was all about, it was very minimalist. So everything was very decorated. All the other chakras were decorated. This one was super minimal. It was like, I was sitting on a pedestal on my blue Lotus and behind me was a, a spotlight. So what you could see shining through was just a silhouette of me there. You couldn't really see like my face. Everything was sort of dark because the light was behind me and it was just one beam of light. And my mudra for that was hands up, um, sort of in a V like hands outstretched above me biceps by my ears, but out a little wider. So in a V almost funneling in like creating a big funnel. Um, a funnel for truth, funnel for truth to enter me and a funnel for truth to leave me. So that's what I, that's what it was there. And the, the quality of the audio was super, um, very high quality audio visual. So everything was really crisp. Everything was really clean, very minimal. And she was walking around me and talking about how, thank you for being such a good listener to others, such a compassionate listener. And thank you for using your voice and doing the work to discover what your truth is. And she was saying, there's more for you to discover with your voice. There is more speaking to be done. There is more singing, more chanting. She's like, it's there, practice it, get to know it. And, and just believe that you can, because you can, and it's there. And like I said, I think at the beginning of this podcast, discovering my truth and my voice is the journey that I'm on right now. And whether that means speaking or singing or chanting, there's something there that's ready to be unlocked. And I've been doing work with my, you know, my sound bowls and my yoga stuff to unlock that. And it was just really cool to get that confirmation from my higher self that, um, that it's there. I just need to keep working with it and keep practicing. And so her blessing for me there. She put her hands together at her heart and she bowed and she said, your truth will set them free. And then like an elevator, she rode herself up to my third eye, the Ajna 
chakra, which was all light. So not yellowy light, like the solar plexus light, but all light. And the Lotus was light. I was light. There were almost like beams of light codes, um, like just sort of circulating all around. So everything was light, but I could see the outline of my body. I could see the outline of the Lotus and my mudra for that one was my hands were covering my eyes like this. So leaving my third eye unblocked and which is cool. Cause that was the third eye chakra. So everything's in light. I'm covering my two normal eyes. Third eye is open and my higher self is walking around me and she's saying, thank you for the positive perspective that you bring to this world. Thank you for seeing energy and everything. Thank you for seeing the universe and everything and seeing God and everything. And thank you for doing the work to come to this perspective. And thank you for teaching others about this perspective too. And she said, you need to learn to trust your intuition. And so I took my hands off of my eyes and put my hands in her hands. So she was working with me here and giving me a little bit more energy so that I can trust my intuition and know when it's my intuition talking versus my head or my ego talking. So this is another journey that I'm on right now, which isn't just finding my voice, but it's really listening to my intuition and knowing when to hold them and when to fold them and do stuff like that. So I put my hands in her hands and she shot light going upwards, like through my hands, like boom, a big beam of energy as our hands were being touched and sent, sent light upwards. And then we switched hand positions. So her hands were on top of mine. And then she sent energy, big light beam down, boom, specifically to my heart. And so, and then, and then one more hand position, one hand up, one hand down. And so we were almost like patty cake, <laughs> like, you know, those little hand things. And then she sent light up and down, boom, to almost even everything out. And then removed her hands from mine. And then I put my hands back in my mudra, back on my eyes. And it was really cool because it was almost like she came down to work with me, to pep talk me, to increase my energy in these different areas that I needed it and to bless me and send me on my way. So her blessing for this one, she put her hands together at her heart. And she said, your light will guide them. And then we worked our way up to the crown chakra. And so we get there and there's no, there's no chakra self. There's just a presence. There's a Lotus. So like every other chakra, there's a Lotus there. And it's sort of this beautiful purpley white particulate Lotus and and the Lotus is there, but it's breaking apart into particles. And then from the center, it's like regenerating. So it's breaking apart sort of and going into the ethers and then building itself from the middle. And it's this beautiful, just flow of energy. And there's no self there. There's just a presence. And like, I know I'm there. I know that it's, there's just the self, there's no body. There's just energy. And, you know, the crown chakra is all about divinity and our connection to consciousness and to the divine. And so, you know, my higher self is talking to this floating Lotus. That's all particles. And she's saying, thank you for opening up your crown. Thank you for doing your work to remember that you're divine and to remember that everything around you is divine. Thank you for connecting in any way that you can connect 
to the plants, to your heart, to your teachers, to yourself. Thank you for connecting. And her blessing there was she put her hands together at her heart and she bowed and she said, your connection will connect them. And then she walked, my higher self all in white, walked into the Lotus and became the particles. Just, just boom, walked into it and then like split into particles. And the Lotus was still there doing its like regeneration thing. And my higher self was just, just became the energy. And so then it kind of felt like, oh, my dogs are barking. I hope you can't hear that. So then I just like released, I don't know how to say it. And then I was just floating in space. So then there was just this image of me and I was like suspended in space. There was all stars all around me. Like I was in the middle of the universe and my body felt weightless. And now coming back to my physical body, that was laying on the ground, experiencing this whole cannabis journey. It literally felt like I was like six inches off the ground. I'm like, I feel like I'm levitating, like no joke. <laughs> like, And so in my mind's eye, I was levitating in space, just, just there, just suspended. And in my physical body that was grounded, it felt like I was also just weightless. Like I couldn't feel any back pain and everything just felt like I was floating there. Really really beautiful situation. And yeah, I, I mean, and that was like the big thing. So if it felt to me like it was like a rite of passage or like a clearing out or a purification or meeting a new octave of myself, creating a new relationship with my chakra system. And it was really beautiful. And I was, and then, okay. So then I was like, okay, okay, cannabis, I see you. And it felt like, I mean, I did not expect to have that vivid of visuals. And I, like I said, I've done breath work a handful of times and it's always me connecting to my higher self. So after I do the breath work, you know, I, after you really work yourself up, you release that DMT in your pineal gland, and then you sort of come, you slow your breathing and you start to come back to normal, your normal breath cycle. And that's when you, when I can get downloads and messages and the veil sort of lifts and becomes real thin. And for me, it's always messages. It's always a conversation with whatever is talking to me as my higher self. And at first I wasn't sure if I was making it up, but then it kept happening. Like every, every breathwork session, it was like another message and connection to my higher self. And so now that I added cannabis into this situation, the clarity of vision I had was so astounding. It felt like I was on a much, you know, more psychedelic plant medicine. I mean, I've had um, visions like this on mushrooms. Yeah. And ayahuasca, but never cannabis because I have never been smoking it in this ceremonial way and with breath work. And so this really, this whole experience, this whole reason I wanted to tell you this story is because I, for people out there who are smoking, there is a beautiful plant medicine hidden right under our noses that can take us to these amazing transcendental deep states, these meditative states, these visionary states, 
if used with intention and in the proper way. Um, and I can speak on that because I've done it in both ways. And even now today, when I smoke, if I decide to partake, even after the ceremony, I have a little bit more respect and honor and reverence for this plant because I felt the power of her. And yes, it is a her. <laughs> I felt the power of her. And, and I think, you know, when people get anxiety and I've gotten anxiety smoking marijuana as well. Um, I think it's because it's like the energy doesn't have any place to go. And what I, how I see it is like, she's an amplifier. So if we're feeling anxious in our normal everyday life, then when you partake and smoke, chances are, it's going to amplify your anxiety. Or if you're feeling like really chill and you're in a happy state and all is good, then it's going to amplify that feeling. So the way I have come to know cannabis is that she's an amplifier. And if you use her for breath work, if you use her for intention, for ceremony, it will amplify that experience. This, and that, this is just me speaking from my own experience. You may have a totally different take on it. Um, and so I think when people are using it regularly without intention, I mean, I think he can produce anxiety because there's a beautiful plant teacher with nowhere to go, with nowhere to teach. <laughs> so it, maybe it gets, you know, balled up in sort of this anxious energy and she wants to do something with it versus just watch TV. Maybe she's like, hey, let's paint, let's create, let's journey, let's meditate. And as I've come to understand, cannabis was used in India originally for meditation and for yoga and getting into our bodies and getting into our mind and helping us reach these transcendental states. And then over here in the West, we have just sort of diluted this beautiful plant into uh, just a, a habitual daily thing. And it's sort of lost its potency and its sacredness because of the way that it's been used over the last however many years. And not just by us here, just by, by everybody all around the world. And this has also happened with tobacco, you know, in, in some places in South America, tobacco is a plant teacher and people do dietas with tobacco and mapacho and they even drink it and they really, really get to know this plant in a different way. And then if you look at the way tobacco has been commercialized and used, it's now like cigarettes and dip and all of these different things. And it's gotten away from the beautiful plant and, and organic way that we can use it and learn from it. Yeah. Um, and just one more thing about THC that really hit me when I was watching one of those documentaries I was telling you about is that we've sort of not just legalized marijuana and made it this thing that's accessible, which in some ways I think is great. Um, most ways I think it's great, but we've commercialized THC and we've added, you know, we create these things that are so much more potent than the actual organic plant like different gummies and different things that are like 90% THC or, or these different strains that are like super pumped up with THC that gets you super high. And I just feel like that's gotten away from 
like the actual percentage of what's natural in the plant. It's almost like when you think about the meat industry, and I hate even drawing this parallel because I don't eat meat anymore. And I think it's disgusting what we do to animals, but we pump them full of steroids, you know, because to make them bigger so that we can have more meat at whatever, whatever. And in some ways, it's almost like marijuana is being factory farmed in a way. And we're pumping it full of things that make the THC really overblown. And I guess my point to this is we've commercialized, even though we've legalized marijuana, we've commercialized THC and what's being sold in dispensaries. Some of the stuff is like so far away from the natural plant. And I think it's getting into that commercialized thing and the potency is getting misunderstood. The sacred plant medicine of it is getting misunderstood and pulverized by people wanting to get higher amounts of THC. And I think intention is everything. And even if you have something that's lower THC, but your intention is powerful, I believe your experience will be even more powerful. Like, I don't think it's about the dose with any plant medicine, even mushrooms. I don't believe it's, it's about the dose. I believe it's about intention and what the plant has in store for you. I think there's a much greater intelligence going on here than just things that we can smoke and eat. I think the plants actually have their own intelligence as well. And I am excited for this psychedelic renaissance because, you know, I go back and forth with this because in one way, I think it's great that people are getting tuned into the plant teachers. They're getting tuned into God, into the universe, into nature. They're looking at the earth in a totally different way. They're looking at themselves in a totally different way. So I think there's a really beautiful side to it. The other side to it is like, is it sustainable? Like I talked about with Hamid is, is, you know, taking ayahuasca from the Amazon and cutting down the trees and everybody wanting to do this sort of psychedelic work. Is it sustainable? And are people taking it seriously? So not even talking about ayahuasca, but mushrooms, something that we can all grow in our homes, actually. Um, like, is the work being done pre and post so people can handle what they're about to experience with the psychedelics? Um, and, you know, I think that, I think that, that there are people that are really doing the work to help with intention, to help with coaching, to help with integration so that you can do a journey and take it with you and really learn and integrate that into your being. So I'm excited for the psychedelic Renaissance because of what it's opening up in the world. And I don't know if you've noticed, but now that people are doing, and I don't know if there's a correlation, so let me just back up. But what I'm noticing is there are more psychedelics being used, whether it be mushrooms, um, you know, acid, LSD, ayahuasca is huge now, ibogaine, peyote, wachuma, all of these different, all of these beautiful plant teachers. Um, there's more people, there's more vegan restaurants opening up. There's more plant-based stuff. There's more environmental, you know, people wanting to save the planet and plant more trees and get rid of factory farming and get rid of like waste. So there's like, for me, what I see is people treating the earth 
and hopefully each other more kindly. I, I don't know for sure, but 10, 15 years ago, I don't know that there was as much of a revolution going on. Um, and I don't know if it's just a phase we're all going through, but I know when I started to experiment with psychedelics, my view on nature started to change. My view on animals and people and spirituality started to change and unravel. And my consciousness started to become more aware and more open. And so, yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that, <laughs> except for a new renaissance that we can all start to look at, especially people out there who smoke from time to time and who want to do deep work, but maybe don't want to go into the mushroom realm just yet. You can work with cannabis and you can do breathwork journeys. You can do breathwork without cannabis too. And just a little bit about breathwork, you know, as we're breathing, it's releasing, it's supposed to, so they say, release natural DMT in our brains. And when we release this molecule, we're able to tap into our subconscious system and release traumas that we may not even know that's there, but our subconscious knows we release nervous system things like you may feel trembling. Uh, so we're really able to do deep healing work. And some people cry a lot. Some people tone, uh, some people get messages from their higher self. One time I was like shaking. My whole body was trembling. This was when I was in Arizona. My whole body was shaking and trembling. And it was like, I was releasing something and at the same time receiving something. So breath work is highly beneficial. And I recommend it for everybody. And it's totally safe. <laughs> like it's totally safe. There's no substances needed. You can get high on your own supply and it can be super healing. And so if you're out there and you're looking for a healing modality that doesn't involve any substance, that doesn't involve any, like any big retreat you need to go to, it's not a huge investment. Um, it just takes a little bit of finding the right facilitator and doing the breath work. Yeah. And if you have any questions, I have people that are trained in breath work. Um, just to tell you, I did a, I did a podcast with Mallory a couple sessions ago, and then I did one with Nikki, both breath work facilitators, highly recommend both of them. And then I have another friend, Autumn, who's also wonderful at breath work. Um, so if you're curious, email me Danny at Danny or comment below. But I hope that this podcast has given you an insight into me and my journey with cannabis and a little bit of my honesty with it and into what's possible with this beautiful plant medicine. And also, I hope this maybe gave you a new relationship with your energy, your higher self and your chakra system. If you have any questions, leave it in the comments down below or email me. And I'll have all the links in the show notes to where you can find Nikki. If you want to sign up for one of her virtual uh, breathwork cannabis ceremonies. 
And yeah, I guess that's it for now. Thank you for listening. I'm so happy. I'm happy. I finally got this off my chest. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you so much. And I will see you on the next one. So many blessings and so much peace.